listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Bing is for doing. And uh, we're, of course, doing Falling Skies, Episode 4, Season 3, At All Costs. I'm your host, Phil Svitek, joined alongside Nando Velasquez. Hi there, Phil. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We're doing this a little bit late for those of you you who are more on the the live side of things. For those of you listening on Archive, I'm sure it doesn't really matter to you. Um, But anyway, I, I thought an overall... Really excellent episode. Things are starting to kind of fit together. You know, we're you know uh, we're really progressing forward. But uh, before we get into the main plot line of tonight, let's start with um, let's start with the big decision of the kids. Yeah, I thought this was a great. Uh, I thought this was a great little storyline to add in. Uh, we've got Hal and his uh, his cohort this season, Demi, and uh, they you have been. We always get the best. Did I say Hal? Yeah, Hal. We'll I talk about Ben. Hal. We'll talk about Hal. Everyone's in a bit. everyone's got a problem. Everyone's got something. But Ben, who is, who actually doesn't have a problem, other than the fact that he still kind of has spikes protruding from the back of his uh, neck down to his bottom of his spine, which probably makes it hard for him to wear certain kinds of clothes, uh, but also gives him superpowers. And he finds out that he, they have the opportunity, thanks to the Volm technology, to um, to actually get, get rid your- of those spikes, but at a great cost. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. My I have an issue with with that storyline. What's the takeaway at the end of it? Like, um, you know that that you're gonna do these things, and I mean, the, the, his big argument was, you know, I want to be needed. I want to be needed, and it's um, not a good enough argument for me. Yeah, figure out another way to be needed. And you know, later on with uh, Matt, they were making the joke of, you know, uh, where'd you hear that? Oh, I heard from Dad. You know, it's a quote from FDR. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's why Dad probably didn't get laid in college. <laughs> so, you know, he, he has a weird mentality on, on what his needs are and what they should be and his goals and things like that. And I don't think your goal, sh- if your goal is to be needed, there's a different way of going about it. True. I, I, I see your point there, but I uh, I see your point, but I, I guess, I mean, for me, if it was up to me, I think I would probably end up keeping the spikes. Well, you're a terrible human being. Does that make me eyes. terrible? I, I would want to choose superpowers. Wouldn't you think I'd be helping people out by having these superpowers in battle? Yeah, that's what every villain starts off saying. <laughs> well, maybe if I started getting more spikes and getting more powerful, but you you know what? Here's the thing. If if they lose their spikes, they also risk losing any communication they have to any rebel skitters that are still around. I mean, okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll accept that answer. Okay. But that wasn't the crux of their argument. 
You know, it's like, hey, no, I'll go, wasn't. I'll go back to wearing glasses. Yeah. Oh well, that's oh bad. Too bad for you, really. So <laughs> I, I'm just not, I'm not sympathetic or empathetic. To but the I, art. I think it's something that people wrestle with. I think it's a classic storyline of of you have an opportunity to have gr- great power or to keep great power, but at what cost? Like, what are you willing to give up to do that? And. You know, I, I know the show tossles between that and also the family element, mm-hmm. and I think they should have they should have highlighted that more. Versus again, his you know Ben's big argument was I want to be needed, and well, then they then they had their kind of own moment of you know they you know uh, they grew together as you know friends or whatever they may be developing. Yeah, and uh, that that kind of overtook that storyline versus let's do this for the colony. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the whole family aspect of it because Ben is obviously making this decision with nobody else around him. So he is... I Except mean, for Matt. I mean, ironically, Matt's like, so then keep it. Yeah. That was it. That was, that was his quick argument. And that was the advice he had. Yeah, well, out of the whole, all the family members, Matt... I mean, I, I don't think Hal could really help them in this episode anyway, but but he really needed his dad. I think I think if his dad was there, I wonder what his dad would pick. I'm sure his dad would probably want him to take the spikes off. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that would that would decide it right there. But you know that that's the thing. He's all alone making this decision with the only other person he really trusts, which is his friend Emmy. So she and you know she also wrestling with it, but she decides to keep the uh, the spikes herself. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see where they go with this and to see what the effect is, the long-term effects of having these spikes, because I believe they are hinting that there is going to be more issues with these harness, these de-harnessed kids uh, if they keep their spikes in longer. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they mentioned 20 years. You know, like, by by age 20, you know, I'll be dead. Um, and you go out at a point, without it, they might die anyway, so okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, they're in the middle of a war. I mean, they might take them out and still get shot up tomorrow. So you know, it, it does raise a a good point. Um, it was it was kind of funny to me seeing uh, the bit of peer pressure when when they're getting the the pros and cons of like, hey, I'll have to go back to my inhaler. So are you ready to make the decision? And he agree. They both agree to it in that moment. Yeah. And yet, then they have that. It's not like they're led all of a sudden into the surgery to have it done, which I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It was more like, okay, you've agreed to it. Now let's wait like twenty four hours, forty eight hours, whatever, whatever the case may have been, because you know, and then I'll, because obviously the decision changed for them. Yeah. So it was just kind of funny to me how they expected them to make a decision right there, but nothing was actually done at that point. Hmm. You know. Um, so I, I, it just should have been a slight moment of like, you know what, you don't have to answer now, but think about it. True. I, I well, again, I, I really generally liked, um, I like this this storyline. I really do. I, I hope. Uh, I hope it pays off a little bit more I, I, to see more about it because uh, to see what their decision causes in the future. It, it, it would be interesting in this sense. Um, by having kept that, um, we obviously know, and, and we'll talk about Hal in a moment, but um, because Hal is becoming such this, this, such this monster that it's good that they kind of kept it because it might have to be a hand-to-hand combat battle and... Mm-hmm. You know, how awesome would it be brother versus brother hmm. in that manner? Who wins? That would be actually really, really interesting. That, so, that you know, it's, it is it is good that they kind of saved it. So that's kind of a prediction. That's perhaps a hope as yeah. well, more than no, a prediction. I kind of I like, uh, like that prediction. I kind of like the way you're going with that. So. Um, but, um, 
before we get into how, I guess, let's talk about a quick movie um, that is uh, completely different from Falling Skies in tone and uh, family values. It's called Adventure of Serial Buddies. It's the first serial killer comedy of all time. It's got Henry Winkler as the narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gets a lot of comparisons to um, Arrested Development because of that fact. Because, you know, Henry Winkler's on the show. Ron Howard narrates. and Very So similar. check out who's better. Um, it's got Beth Bears from Two Broke Girls. Artie Lang from... Come on, Beer League. Uh, Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. Christopher McDonald, Happy Gilmore. Maria Menounos from many things, including the creator of AfterBuzz TV. Yes. Um, and it was written and directed by Kevin Nergaro, the other co-creator. So check it out. It's very, very funny. It's out on iTunes now or go to SerialBuddies.com. It's very, very cheap just so you can enjoy it. Mm. That was the goal. We set it as low as we could. That's only what four ninety nine to rent it, I think, right? And yeah. then five ninety nine to buy it. Yeah, God, it's cheap. Sometimes you know you just you just want a good laugh. <laughs> um, I like laughing. I love laughing. Um, <laughs> with Hal, um, they had yeah. some comedic. They did have some actual comedic moments. I don't know if it was intentional, but it was it was kind of funny to me. But I also will say with Hal in particular, what I loved is the cinematography and the way they told that story it was mm. really uh beautiful in that sense and i know y- you equally liked it yeah well you gotta love uh drew Roy, the actor i mean he got to play uh evil hal and himself in that uh in that one scene where he's visualizing himself and and i, I believe I, I i would compare it to like willem dafoe in the amazing spider-man when he's wrestling with uh not the amazing spider-man but the first sam Raimi spider-man yeah. actually uh when he's wrestling with uh with the Green Goblin inside him. So it's just really awesome. And I guess it, it just shows really the power uh, that this parasite has on Hal that, uh, well, first of all, he couldn't walk for a while. I guess he was fighting, resisting the parasite. But now that he can walk, now I guess the parasite's a little bit more able to mess with his mind. And, and he turned into evil Hal. It's, it, actually, you can't help but like it. I mean, evil Hal is, you know, he's macking on Maggie. With no, oh my! He had that sinister <laughs> look at the end of after. It, to me, it said basically, all right, we're done with round one, on to round two, and you're gonna like it. Yeah. So um, he's having his he's having his fun with Maggie, and uh, he doesn't care. He's totally like willing now. As as uh, in the beginning, when he's trying to find his dad, he's trying to talk to his dad to tell him that he thinks he's the mole because he's been. Uh, He's has you know because Karen did something to him that affected him, and Maggie talked him out of it just because she didn't believe he was the mole. And now, now he's like, yeah, I don't want to tell my dad after all. I just like doing what I'm doing. And then of course we see the big cliffhanger toward the end. But but still, just to see this evil how it's really interesting because I I don't, I would say you might agree with me this. I don't think he's the mole. I still you don't, don't think, think he's the mole. I still don't think he's the mole. Who the hell's the mole? I think it's got to be somebody else, but I think that he's definitely now a second problem that they have in Charleston that they're going to have to deal with eventually when they figure it out. I think I think he's the mole because well, he, if he's the mole, without getting too into uh, to other parts of the story we're going to talk about, how did the uh, how did the aliens figure out where Keystone was? Because he knew his dad was away, and then he's. Through whatever scenes that we may not have seen, he figured out the information. Okay. You know, he got it from one person or another. We don't know who died during that time to get the information. That's, well, that's possible. Because uh, he came in and he's, you know, he's looking for his father. His father wasn't there. And he said, you know, and he was like, okay, don't, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. But when's he going to be back? And although he doesn't 
we didn't in that moment necessarily see the information being passed to him, that doesn't mean he didn't get it. Okay. Well, you know, it's possible. It's possible he's the mole. I I, I still feel like the mole's got to be somebody else. It's a big mystery, and I and I think it'll be revealed later in the season who the mole is. But uh, I think it's a big mystery uh, as far as uh, who it is, and it's better that way. It's better set up as. Now tell me, tell, tell me this also. Okay. Um, you know, so going off the mole subject, um, and tell me if I'm reading too deep into this. Tell me it's not going to be like a Prometheus type of scenario where he's implanted a demon baby in her through the sex act. Oh, through Maggie? Yeah. Oh gosh. You know what? That's, wow. <laughs> I stumped you there. Yeah, you I? stumped me there. No, I mean it's it's entirely. I mean he has this parasite in him, and and he did give that, and he, he gave that wink to the camera at the end. Yeah, of like yeah. I mean, and if you think about it, it's one of the first things he did was hey, you know, said I'm not going to tell anybody. Let's go back to my place, yeah. or like, or to our place. Excuse me, to our place. And uh, yeah, so maybe. Uh, Holy crap! It's possible, actually. That's a possibility. I mean, we'll could we see. have a, a two baby Alexis's running around? I mean, it seems like you know if. Well, they they, they keep bringing up the notion of um, you know uh, sort of coming in through the back door, right? Yeah. Um, in episode two, that was you know the humans' kind of way of of, of getting in, right? Um, and then uh, in tonight's episode, after they had. Um, after the attack is over, you know, they said, you know, we, we've tracked the perimeter. We're kind of secure. You know, we'll check the back entrances to make no one no one got in there. Yeah. Uh, I forget the line that Tom says in particular, but he says, you know, or or let's hope it didn't, it's not even worse. And so what's worse, right? So you have a perimeter and, and let's say you have an entrance that's open. Yes, that might be bad. But if it's coming from within your own campground, mm-hmm. that's ultimately more dangerous. I mean, baby Alexis, we don't we don't quite know what she's about. And then if you have Maggie being impregnated, like this, this is just crazy. <laughs> so it could it could be that way. Things could be falling apart as we speak all over camp yeah. with all these multiple, and especially with Tom gone, and and now you know with the big cliffhanger, you, you know, and even even if that didn't happen, it, had he been able to go on this this parade. He's not there. Yeah. So, you know, as, as uh, great a leader as, as um, Miriam is, mm-hmm. yeah, who knows? I still think she's the mole. I'm just going to say it. Okay. I think it's Miriam. Yeah. Right. I think I've, I've alluded to that. We'll, and I'm we'll gonna, put you I'm on the record. St- I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to my guns. Well, I, you know, you could be right. You could be wrong. Yeah. Um, do, do you think uh, had Hal told Dan things would have been different for him? Had Hal told uh, Weaver, yeah, who? Yeah, I think things would have been different. I mean, what would that mean, though? Like, again, we we kind of uh, argued or you know tossed up the question of okay, once he tells his dad, does his dad keep secret about it? Like, mm-hmm. what 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 happens? Um, so I guess the notion, you know, tonight, had he told him, mm-hmm. what would have happened to him? I think he would have been. I, I think he would have been. Well, I think Tom would have stayed. You, had he told him initially, like I to his father, he, I think he would have. Okay, I think there's a big conflict there, but I think I think Tom will pick family when he knows he has to pick family, and I think that's a big enough reason for him to stay. Even even at the expense of seeing of doing his mission that he had to do, um, or 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 the only other thing I could think, well, he couldn't have brought him with him because if he if he is the mole, it was just too risky to bring him with him. But or he would have locked him up. 
Those, those are the only two options. He would have locked him up or he would have uh, stayed behind. Here's the it, – it's, uh, it's actually – you know, we'll, we'll certainly talk about this more with Tom, but, you know, just really quickly. Um, their family problems are expanding and expanding in such a way that I don't think Tom – because, okay, so let's say he focused on Hal. Yeah. Then he wouldn't have been able to focus on Alexis. Okay. Uh, there's certainly we as we talked about with Ben, that's still going on. Yeah, we know Matt has issues with going to school. Yeah, and then he would have foregone the uh, the mission at hand. So he's he would have half-assed everything. That's what you say. <laughs> yeah. He would have half-assed the whole thing. Yeah. So he's he's you know damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, no yeah. What. I mean, I mean, look, everything else would have still gone to hell. He would have he would have helped Hal out though, but everything yeah. else would have still gone to hell. But you know, at the same time. Uh, this mole, this mysterious mole, if it's not Hal, which I'm saying it's not Hal, if he ended up not going on the mission and not telling essential personnel about this mission, including perhaps the mole himself, herself, uh, who I think is Miriam still, uh, then President Hathaway would be okay. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have been attacking a keystone. You know? So, uh, you know, it's a lot to ponder, but... It, it, yeah, it's a lot to ponder. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, lot, well, you know, I, I just, uh, with Hal, um, I'm still intrigued what the great mission is. And obviously, we, we've heard mention of Karen multiple times. Yeah. And we, we haven't seen her since they last saw each other in the woods. No, not at all. So it's been a while since, you know, we, we apart from making mention that she's been there. Which is great. I, I think it's kind of cool that we haven't seen Karen in a while. Because I think when she does show up, it's going to mean, like, major, major stuff's going down. They're really, like waiting to use her again so i kind of like it's uh letting her sit back and let all this craziness unfold yeah yeah it's it's gonna be really really fun as much as i like seeing karen because she is hot but uh <laughs> well, so is maggie yeah so is maggie so uh, that that <laughs> shameless moment from us um i let's, let's talk about the crazy baby crazy baby uh, but even so beforehand uh you know the doctor um, Kadar, he has a uh, he has a weird fascination with children, and he had that moment, you know, um, kind of getting ahead of it before really explaining mm. anything about the storyline. But you know, in, they're talking about kids and things like that, and he he has a moment and he leaves. What was that about? Him leaving? Remember, so they're t- they're talking about kids, and uh, I feel like he. He, well, I'll explain it, then I'll explain yeah. what I what, what for me it means. Um, you know, they're, they're talking, and she says to him, you know, I, I had a child before all this, and, you know, that, and then he passed away, and she, he said, I shouldn't say anything. I shouldn't be even talking. I'll have the results to you tonight. And then he storms off. Mm. Um, he, it seems like he lost... He he mentioned that. No, he, I think he. I think you're right. I think I, I think I, I see where you're going, but I think yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he's completely antisocial, yeah. and there's a lot. There's a backstory to him, and I mean, it's great that we've seen him again. I really loved him. Um, his first appearance in episode two, and I'm really glad to see that he is at least a recurring character at this point. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of backstory that we don't that we'll hopefully get to find out soon. Yeah. Which I I loved his description. But it's also highly inaccurate when he says, um, you know, now it's like Grand Central down here. You got one person coming in. That's hardly to someone com- like him with that kind of phobia, one person is Grand Central. <laughs> That's, um, I mean, maybe Grand Central nowadays. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just very telling of the mentality he has. And, uh, and I also think it's also telling of the fact that he lost so many things dear to him, whether his wife or, you know, just 
Well, it seems like he might have lost his wife, and then, mm-hmm. you know, all he had was his kids, and his kids died. Yeah. If I was to guess, I think that would be the backstory. No, I, I mean, that's a pretty good guess. I think, obviously, this guy's dealing with some loss. I'm sure he wasn't as introverted before the war started. I'm sure he had a very, very nice life, loving life, and no. uh, and just been really, really scarred by by events that we have yet to see. But but they obviously affect him getting close to anybody. And and uh, how sad in a way that he finally does make a friend. Make a friend, only to be ruined. I mean, through no fault of his own. Yeah, through no fault of his own. Um, and it's okay, unless I'm mistaken, mm-hmm. I didn't think, you, you know, uh, I think she's always, Anne's always hated the baby. And it what there was a switch in tonight when she finally says, I love you to the baby, that she actually loves the baby. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden goes on the mission to protect it. Mm. Has she always loved the baby in your eyes? I, I think she does love the baby. I just, it's just, that was confusing to me. Honestly, her actions afterwards, because, again, I, I don't know. Where do you go with Alexis? Why, where are you going? You're leaving your safe haven. And I get it. You're a mother. You're protecting your kid. But I just didn't really get, like, I would have liked to have seen where she was going, I guess. Um, and which we perhaps will. I don't know. I mean, she's obviously going to be taken away. Here's the thing. You, you just needed to, um, I mean, for... If anything, just roofie up the guy. <laughs> you know, make him forget that he, he knows the DNA test. Are we, are we going to Arrested Development now? We're going to get that, him that forget a, me now? That is an Arrested Development reference. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it just seems like as long as you kind of keep it a secret, you know, and, and uh, obviously I think that there's ways of controlling Kadar to not give out the information. Yeah, I, well, I guess that's why she uh, drugged Lourdes, because I, I, since she didn't kill Kadar, she still, she still is uh, somewhat rational enough not to kill yeah. She wants to protect her baby, but not at the expense of other lives. Uh, I guess she felt she had to uh, get away from Lourdes and get away from uh, from the base. And, of course, there's no Tom to help her. And Tom thought she was kind of a little bit crazy anyway over this whole thing. So, again, well, very interesting. What if Tom was there? Again, what if Tom was there? What would Anne have done if Tom was there for his family? It would have been interesting. But at the same time, I also discredit her because, I mean, yes, it's Tom and I get it. Yeah, you know he's busy, but um, it's also one of those things that I've learned. Anytime you put off a conversation, it just leads to bad things. And so, as soon as she said, you know, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, later's never coming. I knew from that moment they would never have that conversation. <laughs> and now, who knows if Anne's going to be even alive? I don't know. Oh well, I hope I she mean, still. I hope I mean, she remains alive. I, I I would have to think they have a plan with her. But she she does know about evil how. Or at least now she she's wondering what the hell Evil Hal's doing there. But uh, could she get converted too, and become another kind of mole? I mean, if it's that easy for Hal, I guess uh, it could be that easy for her too. Yeah. So again, the the threat comes from within. Yeah. But, but again, interesting to see. Um, it, it just very interesting to see what what developed there. She's trying to run away and uh, and to be with that that harness kid and the skitter, and then and then to see Hal pop up. Again, really interesting. What are their plans for uh, for Alexis? And I guess for Anne at this point, again, because Anne knows what's going on. I, I would think, yeah, I, I would think she would probably be infected. They would probably uh, try and, uh, I guess, not harness her, but have use a parasite. But again, you know, we've seen that the harnesses work on kids. They don't harness adults. Mm-hmm. Hal is, 
somewhere between adult and kid. Would you think that's safe to say? I wouldn't say he's a full-grown adult. He still is more early 20s, would, I guess. You would say he's an adult. You would say he's an adult. Okay. He would just, say he's an adult. He would say he's an adult, but he's still fairly young. So okay. I wonder if these parasites, if these, uh, if these tools to harness kids also apply, if, if, if age is a barrier. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Let, let me get your take on this because we would be rem- reminisced to... Okay, so there's 12 samples. Mm-hmm. Sample number five is obviously the Lexus. What is it? What is it about a child that is just born? Because you know, uh, Kadar may may know that too. Um, that that makes her different. And where could this have come from? From the exposure to Anne, is Tom somehow infected? Mm. What is the reasoning behind Baby Alexis? Where did this come from? Well, I think uh, I mean when Tom was taken captive at the end of season one, that's a possibility. And the other possibility is what happened in the end of season two when Karen had them all uh, tied up uh, in, in, that, uh, in that alien base. Uh, that's another possibility, too. I think, um, and, you know, this goes into what you were just saying. I think that maybe Tom, it's possible Tom maybe had a strain of, of, of uh, that's of why his kids are all too. infected. Yeah, well, not his kids, but his newborn. I mean, yeah. he he had sex with Anne, just like uh, just like Hal's having sex with Maggie. So yeah. maybe uh, maybe uh, there is something there. Yeah. That would be the most obvious choice because I don't, you know, I didn't see you know, none of us really saw anything when Anne was tied up, when Karen had her all tied up, like her ingesting anything, her being drug needle, you know, like given a needle. Um, so that but, would be the only thing. I mean, the, the only, maybe possibly if there's some sort of, um, exposure, not that the, they're not dealing with radiation, yeah. but because she's the one kind of always doing these procedures, if there's some sort of exposure mm. to her, that is a little Ooh. bit far stretched, but I don't know. You know, it's possible. Here's a possible, here's a really interesting possibility now that I think about it. <laughs> What if, yeah, what if it is uh, the Volm technology, and what if the uh, alien strand that she has is not uh, from the Ashvati or, or from the Skitters, but it's from the Volm? What if it's a Volm th- strain? Uh, that would be quite interesting. And uh, then that might also mean why, um, why, the, why Evil Hal and, uh, and I guess Karen, ultimately, I'm guessing that the Skitter and, and the child are working through... Uh, through Karen, ultimately, that might be a good reason why they want this baby so much because they realize this baby is uh, a mixing of Volm and human um, genes. There you, go, there you go. You know, quite interesting. Yeah, I kind of like that. Oh, thank you for that. I guess I, uh, that's my prediction. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but let, let's get into the the main thick of the story. Um, President Hathaway, that whole storyline. Um, I thought. I thought it was. Uh, it, pre- it really, um, again, it presented Tom being away, and, mm-hmm. and so it, it obviously threatened all the storylines that we talked about, but um, advanced others, and I, and I thought it was really fun. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, shout out to Stephen Collins from Seventh Heaven for being President Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see Preacher preacher Dad being the president. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, really awesome mission it's nice to see tom get out of charleston i I think you know we we like it when tom's in action so to have him uh 
behind a desk or even dealing with the family stuff as much as it as we realize it's important his family's falling apart right now it's probably they probably need the father figure it's kind of nice to see tom doing stuff going out there and going with cochise getting to see cochise again this is the what first do you think about pope going too before pope? we get to cochise oh god pope is just well of course pope being so uh i hate to say he's kind of like what's his name sawyer from lost like this mm-hmm. is my plane uh, he doesn't want to give it up. He's forced to, and then he's like, "Well, fine. I'm going. I'm going with you guys." So, an interesting little kink in the armor there. Is that, there. is that was that kind of always his big plan? Remember, you know, and I think it was episode one. He said, uh, "You know, they were discussing like, let's go to Mexico." Yeah, I got something bigger. Yeah, you think you know? This- I think that's his plan. I think that is his plan, probably having the plane and getting away. Maybe, maybe that's why he hadn't left yet because he was busy still reading the book. Yeah, and trying to learn how to fly this plane that he got. So but, uh, could be that. So you know, it was a nice little interesting uh, tie back to Pope. Yeah, and having him. Um, well, I thought he was all comfortable in Pope in Popeville, but I guess not. I guess he uh, he always had an escape plan in place with that plane. Yeah, and yeah. So you know, I think uh, it all is making sense. A little bit more sense it. with Pope. Yeah. Do you like him? <laughs> Do I like him a little uh, more. Do you like him a little more now? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I thought I thought, I thought it was funny. Is like you know, I got I got to fix a, a he, line here, so let me just stay on the damn plane. I doubt I have much to contribute. He was what a good. Liar. Yeah, he was good. Uh, comic relief. You got to admit, he was yeah. good comic relief. Uh, but yeah, Kochi's uh, coming along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and and of course, Kochi's because he's coming along for the ride, causing all sorts of friction. Over at this, uh, over at Keystone, over at base, when uh, they get to meet President Hathaway, and uh, you know, almost getting shot at. Uh, the president not being happy about having Cochise on as a surprise. Certainly not, and yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't realize he, you know, he was put on as a surprise because obviously, when he's getting on the plane, Pope's like, "What? What's he doing coming?" Yeah. So I thought. I thought you know, it was, it was just a planned thing. Like, of course, bring Cochise, you know, because the president wants to meet him. Yeah. No, clearly not the case. Clearly not the case. They they wanted just the humans to talk. Well, you know, I guess the lieutenant Lieutenant Fisher didn't really get to explain that part of uh, of the mission too well. I mean, uh, you never know who's listening. Plus, they worry about the mole, so they're trying to keep it as quiet as possible. But I guess they kept it quiet from the president too. Obviously, yeah. So very interesting. But uh, but you know, a very interesting storyline and really interesting to see how they treated the Volm in the beginning and in the end separating Cochise uh, from uh, Tom and Pope uh, and putting them in the president's uh, plane uh, as opposed to in the beginning when they were just going to lock him up and keep him separate. Yeah. So they've, they've trusted. Uh, and a really interesting story when they were interrogating. Yeah, let's, t- let's talk about this flower. Yes. <laughs> At first it was like, what? But then it made sense. Well, it's a very noble very noble cause. Well, all they want is to go back home. Yeah. That's, that is their mission, you know, because we've been always wondering, well, what is their aim? And everyone's always kind of asked that. Hmm. Now, let me ask this. It would have been so hard to dispel that into the public knowledge? Because that's a good story. And then, you know what? People go, well, that makes sense. All right. They're not a threat. As opposed to keeping that a secret and everyone be like, what are these bastards up to? Uh-huh. I don't know. So what's your take? Why why keep it a secret? Yeah, I, I guess it's just so much distrust over aliens. I mean, what we saw with uh, with Lieutenant Fisher, who she didn't trust him at all. In fact, in the beginning of the episode, seeing the aliens up topside, she freaked out. 
seeing you know it's just a it's he's a monster to them to the humans so frankenstein had good intentions for lack of a better you know terminology but uh you know they just don't trust right away and i mean i think it's human nature i think it i think it's a great story that he has that Cochise has but i think it takes more than that it it takes a little bit more trust I, i think it can even in this world where aliens have been shooting you up for for the past couple of years in this major war and to, to have someone talk about a flower and talk about his home and trying to get back home. I, I think, uh, yeah, but you, you know, obviously that's a very good story, but the short end of it is, listen, uh, we're going to help you fight. Yeah. And you're going to win the war. And when you've beaten them, mm-hmm. we can finally leave because our goal was actually just get to our effing homes that yeah. they messed up. Well, or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? And yeah. so if that's the case, then it's like, oh, okay, well, you know what? We can trust them. I I think knowing what you know from the show, I mean, yeah, it's an easier decision to make. But don't forget, if Cochise landed in Charleston and Tom wasn't in charge at that point, if it was back to Arthur and all them, do you really think that he would have had a chance to convince them with the same story to trust them? Perhaps. You think no, no. so? Well, I'm not sure. I, I think I, I don't think so. I just think human nature is, uh, especially in this world where aliens, you know, the lieutenant said it, only good, the only good alien is a dead alien, she said at the end of the last episode. Yeah. And uh, I think it's shoot first uh, in this world, uh, you know, shoot first anything that, that you don't, uh, that's not human. Don't know. Yeah. I guess I agree with you, but, um, you know, I mean, that as the president says, on to round two, which obviously meant, I guess, a series of... Uh, summits yeah. for lack of a better term that's what that's what i believed he was talking about as well i kind of agree with that yeah so um i'm interested to know how many colonies are out there yeah yeah because that was obviously you know hathaway's kind of first mission yeah and no and uh and it would have been really really awesome to uh, find out but it seems like uh we might not find out for a while based on the fact that uh looks like the mole found out about this meeting place and went on the attack. Yeah, I mean, that's... Um, the only thing... I mean, I, obviously, I see the importance of going after the president. Yeah. Um, I wish more importance was kind of put on that. Although, although I guess it was, you know? And so... And, and and what that means, especially... I don't know. I, I guess I would have liked to see, perhaps, just in theory, stretched out a little bit. Because then, if all of a sudden, all these different colonies are kind of know mm-hmm. that, um, that there's... A greater hope than initially thought. Yeah, and then all of a sudden to have that attacked immediately, mm-hmm. that would have uh, symbolically meant more to me. I guess. I don't know. I'm just being hypercritical at this point. <laughs> it's okay to be hypercritical about it. So, but uh, either way, you know, uh, it, it was interesting. You know, obviously you're going to separate Tom and uh, Cochise. I think regardless, mm-hmm. but to have Coaches go on the president's plane. I thought yeah. that was. I'm really puzzled by that decision. This, yeah, this. Like I said, the and stuff puzzled me. This kind of puzzled me too, especially the way they were treating Coaches earlier, even with the story. But it, what, did he go on because they needed to keep an eye on him? And you know, they. I guess so. I, I mean, that would be the only explanation. But I would have thought that he would have wanted Tom to go in with him. Instead, I would have thought they would have separated differently. Yeah, but as much as Tom can give him information, well, here's the thing. I think, I think, well, the Vom can give him technology. Is that what you're going to say, or, or 
Well, that well, I think I think you need to separate them because if the two of them are in cahoots, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, uh, Tom could be a traitor for all anyone knows, right? And working, and obviously he's working with the Volum, so God knows what they could be up to. Yeah. So by so okay, let's do the first natural thing. Let's separate them. Okay, but then who goes with who? Well, in theory, you know, this coach presents a much bigger problem than Tom because Tom's just human. So put him in our custody where where we have eyes on him. Mm. That's how I would break it down. Yeah. Although I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> so. Well, I think what was interesting, and I kind of felt it when they separated both uh, both of them in the plane. And they put Tom and Pope together with uh, with uh, their um, colonel, with the colonel, and then putting Cochise in with the president. It was that something was going to happen to one of the planes? And I don't know. I feel like they they're going to keep Noah Wiley on a little bit longer. So it, it, it kind of was a foregone conclusion that uh, that something might happen to the president. And and the fact that Cochise is in there, it's like oh no, oh no, you know, it's like a, it's a big deal. So yeah, especially you know, uh, for, forget the fact that Hathaway. Skeptical of the idea, the fact that Tom is so dependent upon the idea. Yeah, with Kochi's gone. I mean, in theory, is he dead now? And with that, what does that mean for Tom? That's a huge loss. That's a huge loss. I know. I, I felt um, just having them, them shot down was amazing. Kochi's uh, was in a, in a in a human ship. <laughs> that, that he wasn't comfortable with, by the way. Which I, <laughs> no, we didn't even not. bring that up. The fact that when he got into Pope's plane, he's like, "Are you sure this thing's gonna fly?" <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, that one was more safe. <laughs> yeah, than the than president's the, plane. Than 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 Air Force One or yeah. helicopter, whatever you call the the big helicopter for uh, for yeah. the president. But uh, yeah, ironically, you're right. But uh, yeah, it's I think it's huge. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of hope that Tom was relying on. You know, going to meet the president of the United States and convincing him to join this battle and to work with them in the Volm and and maybe bring some peace, you know, uh, in the process with the Volm and, and these other factions or this other major faction of the U.S. And now the president and Cochise might be dead. So uh, there goes his his uh, liaison in Charleston. And uh, and there goes uh, the president. And, and, of course, you know, who knows who's going to take control now uh, Now that the president's gone, who the vice president is or whatever, and how they feel about this. So, um, you know, as it was when they were found out, uh, they immediately blamed it on Tom that, uh, that, that the aliens figured out their location. Yeah. So this, this sets back a whole bunch of things. And never mind the fact that as we cut to black... Uh, you know, then the other plane's not in any good shape either. Uh, Colonel's trying to land the plane, and it looks like he's just about to get. He got knocked out, and uh, one engine's down. And uh, from what we saw in, in scenes from uh, next, next week, week, if we can talk about that at all, but I mean, uh, it looks like they're they're kind of stuck. They're kind of stuck right now. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, with that, why don't we get into predictions? We'll do a little bit, perhaps extended ex- predictions. Extended. Extend it. Well, because, you know, I, I call extended because I, I, I want to debate this a little bit. Okay. So, you know, the fact that, okay, we've been Charlestown, Charlestown, and, and uh, you know, finally we get word that, A, the president is actually alive. Mm-hmm. So now we're kind of supposedly expanding into this world and, and, and what we know of the world. Oh, and there's colonies. We don't know how many colonies, yeah. you know, but we want to kind of go on this uh, campaign tour. And now that gets completely, you know, uh, it completely implodes on itself. And now we're back to basics of uh, what it seems Pope and perhaps just Tom 
you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the colonel alone in the woods. Mm. So we've stripped it down to the basics in this, and it, and it's you know it, it's the full just full on survival mode. Yeah, at least it seems. I don't know. It could you know. It, I mean, ironically, you know, the big cliffhanger last year or last week was you know, well, we're getting attacked, and all of a sudden, uh, threats down. It's over. <laughs> So, you know, it could be one of those situations where five minutes later, oh, we're saved. I don't know if it, because it looks like the, the, the clips showed a lot of uh, Pope and, uh, and Tom trying to get along and not really doing a good job of getting along. But, you know, Pope's obviously still pissed off about, about Crazy Lee um, dying, blames, uh, blames Tom for that and for the other, uh, for Lars also from the week before, blames him for both of those. They never really got along to begin with anyway. And, uh, yeah, and, and again, I mean, right now it looks like everything's, you know, the, the stuff's hitting the fan, you know? So How do you, how do you feel about that, uh, that notion, though, if, if that is the correct notion of where, where all of a sudden we're expanding, but now, as, you know, from, from an artifice standpoint, from a TV show's perspective, now we're stripping it down to just the two of them, at least. At, at least, you know, at least maybe a storyline. I mean, we'll expand, obviously, yeah. into hopefully Anne and Alexis, and we'll kind of get some... I'm sure there's going to be more questions raised, but maybe we'll at least get a few answers. Hopefully, yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing that that we that I predicted before that I was saying about that Pope is making more sense. He makes more and more sense now. He uh, and he has more. Um, I don't want to say public opinion, but people are starting to agree with him more about about their take on the Vom, about what he's doing exactly, about about humans dying in the Vom, barely doing anything at all. Uh, so this is actually the first time I think that Pope's almost on even ground with Tom. But, but so, I'll, I'll, argue, I'll argue against the fact that um, not necessarily that people agree with Tom, uh, that agree with him. I, I can't argue that. But the yeah. fact of you know, the Vom don't do anything. The whole reason why Tom got the meeting today was because Fisher was like, holy moly, yeah. the Vom, we need the Vom. Yeah. You know, so if they're not doing anything... Well, in all fairness, they were. You're right. They were doing something this last episode because we did get to see them come out with the guns and shoot yeah. the guns. But they did. They don't. They don't go in the trenches. They'll just hang back and use their weapons. And then, meanwhile, people like uh, like Pope and his berserkers, they have to go out and, t- like I said, two of them died. Two of them died. If they had, if they had the Volm technology that the Volm used at the beginning of this episode, they probably would have still been alive, for all we know. So, uh, but again, I mean, this—it's uh, a really good dynamic. I, I like Pope a lot. I like Colin um, Cunningham. Uh, I like Pope. I like what he's got to to bring. And again, he—he he, this is a different Pope than we've seen in the past couple of seasons. Uh, some people might not like it, <laughs> but I do. I do think my prediction would be more so as this is going on. The scenes that we're not seeing are in Charleston, so I would. Would definitely think that uh, evil Hal. Uh, I, I do feel that the mole is uh, going to probably end up taking control of Charleston while Tom's away, or causing havoc. Uh, and uh, and you know I do like the idea that that the baby baby Alexis may be Volm, maybe a Volm strain. That that could be a, that could be a good prediction. Well, um, I think uh, I think that about wraps up for us this week. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, guys, for listening in, and uh, let us know what you guys think. I mean, we, we're, we're finally now, as things are getting more conclusive, we can also speculate on other things. So I think we, you know, hopefully you guys agree we're doing a good job of that, speculating all the different angles. Um, and if there's an angle we haven't thought of, let us know. You know, I always love hearing that. Um, so go to AfterBuzzTV.com, the newly redesigned AfterBuzzTV.com, and, and let us know what you're thinking. And uh, 
we'll definitely read it. In the meantime, though, definitely uh, follow us on AfterBuzz TV for your latest updates. Uh, that's for whether Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, social media is yet unknown. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Nando, where can people follow you directly? And you can follow me on Twitter at Nandovell. There you go. And if you don't know... If you, for some reason, don't know how to type it, go to AfterBuzzTV.com, look up Nando's profile. He has yet to do so himself. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, you guys have a good rest of your week, and uh, hopefully we'll see each of you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.